Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So to Tampa St. Pete, and now on 97.1 WSUN HD2, Holiday Tampa St. Pete. Live from the Weathertight Windows Studio. And now, back to the Johnny B Show. Welcome back to Johnny B Show. Monday night, November 9th, we are live. Every Monday night, usually it's a happy Monday night, but we uh, we talk about the Bucks game. We have our guy, Rhett Matthew, from the Cannon Fire podcast, and we get to talk about how great our Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked and who we slaughtered, and we just get the gloat for, you know, 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Today, polar opposite, Will. Polar yeah. opposite. Yeah. Um. Let's go to the hotline right now to talk to him from the award-winning Cannon Fire podcast. It's Red Matthew. What's up, buddy? What's going on, fellas? How are we doing? Are we are we hanging in there? Is, uh, uh, is reality setting in? Uh, I yeah. Just, big deep breath. Listen, before we go any further, mm. we're six and three. We have never been six and three in the history of my podcast, The Buck Brave. I mean, it's. <laughs> We're in a better spot than people think we are, but uh, I mean, it is hard to ignore 38 to three on the scoreboard on a national stage, mind you. So um, yeah, I don't want to hear your optimism uh, crap right now, Red. Okay, <laughs> just save it, pal. We're pissed off and we deserve uh, to be. I don't want to hear this garbage. Hey, at least we're six and three. We got we got embarrassed so bad last night, and then stupid Jameis ate W's. In a goddamn press conference, and he danced around and did W's with stupid white Sean Payton trying to dance with a bunch of NFL players. I am, I am pissed. Anyway, continue. It was the worst. It, it really was the worst. The New Orleans. I can't stand those guys. I hate the Saints. This was a game for the Buccaneers to just to prove that they could make some noise in the NFC playoff picture. Every single time that this team has an opportunity on a national stage. Mm. Monday Night Football, we snuck out of there with a win. Okay. I want to go back to complaining about wins, to be honest with you. But now, every time they're on the national stage, they embarrass themselves. And, I I mean, dude, like, they they didn't deserve to put any points on the board. It's as simple as that. 38-3, the final score. But they deserved a big old goose egg. It was just – it was – it was the worst Bucks loss that I can remember in a very long time. And yeah, like they, you remember when they lost by what, 45, 50 points to the Falcons that one year? I think we yeah. got beat up by the Ravens pretty bad. I, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the losses, but the, the yeah. weight behind this game is what makes it hurt that much more. Uh, the last time I remember seeing them play that bad in one half of football, I was at that game. It was the Ravens game in 2014. As a matter of fact, it was uh, the first game I ever took my beautiful girlfriend to. It was the first year we were together. And I remember it very clearly because I remember her telling her how good the Bucks were looking and how good they were going to play. <laughs> and I remember thinking she's going to dump me because I'm a big fat liar. We left at halftime. It was 38. I think it was uh, 31 to 3 at halftime. So it was bad. It was really, really bad. So, yeah, I mean, but, but, but you know what we didn't have in 2014? 
we didn't have Bruce Arians. We didn't have Todd Bowles. We didn't have the 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 top ranked defense. We didn't have Tom Brady and and Gronkowski and the receivers we have. We didn't have all this stuff. No way on paper could you have ever imagined. And it's inexcusable. And you know what? I know the team has to move on. That's like that. That's just how they do it. You know, no matter what NFL team you are, they always say you look at the film on Monday and then on Tuesday you move on to the next week and you just have to have a short memory when it comes to that. And I get it. If I was if I was an NFL coach, that's how I'd want my team to operate. But you know what? As fans, we got to eat this crap until they win again. We have to suffer all week long with this. And it stinks. It sucks. We already have our horrible lives to deal with. You know, it's 2020. People are, are dealing with losing their businesses and their homes. People have COVID-19. Um, and, and, and what do they need? They need three hours uh, of just, you know what, lose the game. I didn't think we, we, were, we were definitely going to win the game. If they lost that game last night, but they fought, I would have been happy today. I would have been disappointed that we lost, but I would have been like, you know what I love about my team? They fight, baby. They don't go down without a fight. Uh, they, they at least went out with some dignity and respect. They made the Saints play their best game, and they had to to win. The Saints last night played their best game, and they stomped our asses and we gave up. And the players that give up easily gave up real easily last night. Donovan Smith. It was embarrassing. I mean, just embarrassing. I'm that, mad. All of that talent that you had talked about is what makes a loss like this so much more infuriating. And I'll tell you what. I am convinced that maybe 45 minutes before kickoff, the coaching staff huddled up. Maybe they hotboxed BA's SUV or something. They smoked a big old fatty and then went out there and then just totally forgot how to call a football game because it wasn't the offense stalling that lost us the game. It wasn't just the defense. It wasn't just Bradley Pinion having a terrible night kicking the football. It was all three phases of all three phases of the game looked so unprepared, uncomfortable, and just not ready at all to play a football game. Like, I don't know what else those guys showed up there expecting to do, but it did not look like they showed up to play football. Tom Brady did not look comfortable the entire game. He really didn't look that comfortable against the Giants last week, but we snuck out with a win because we're the better team. But, I mean, yeah, you were missing Ali Marpet, but Joe was fine. Donovan Smith got exposed once again, but this week in particular, you just see it that much more. It's like he doesn't care. That's the thing about 76. By the way, I, I guess I'm going to go on a little rant here. But it's like he would just rather be anywhere else. Like, he just he doesn't seem like he cares. He shows up to get his check, plays like an average left tackle. How many times have you watched a play where, like, it doesn't matter who's under center. It could have been Jameis for the most part. But Jameis is flat on his ass or he's just running around. And, I mean, even Tom Brady a couple of times this season has had to extend his time in the pocket. And while all that's happening, Donovan Smith is just standing there with his thumb in his ass. Like, this guy does not care. It is a loser's mentality. And it is just, it's not even poor execution. It's just no effort at this point from him. You know, the rest of that offensive line, it looked like there was something missing. Obviously, something missing was Ali Marpet. But with Joe Haig having a quiet night, which is, a good night for an offensive lineman. 
all eyes go to Donovan Smith. And, yeah, everybody's watching him every single week. And at best, he is an average left tackle. But for the money that the Buccaneers could owe him, this is a free agency year for him. He's got to step up. And he hasn't. And it's embarrassing. It, it really is. And I'm just, God, I'm so tired of seeing him. You're at the point in the season where you have to ride it out. But, I mean, dude, if it happens next week like it did against the Saints defensive line, heads have to roll. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know where you stop accepting mediocrity. And that's what Donovan Smith gave us last night on full display in front of a national audience. It, it was just, it was embarrassing from top to bottom. I mean, it wasn't just him, too. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, for some reason, Tom Brady was locking in on receivers like Jameis used to yeah. do. And that that was so annoying to me because I was watching um, different analysts, you know, they, they're tweeting out uh, replays and showing, you know, like wide open uh Mike Evans over the seam on one play where there was nobody around him. It's a touchdown if 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 uh, Brady throws it to him. And instead, Brady's trying to wedge it into Gronkowski. It's like, what are we doing right now? Like, we have to get back to the fundamentals. We have to get back to you know, progressions. And I know he looked annoyed. Some of those picks he threw when we're down by 30 points blew my mind. I go, that, I've never seen Tom Brady throw an interception like that. It was absolutely insane to me. Like, it, it, it absolutely blew, blew my brain. Um, and that, I, I turned it off. I haven't turned the game off uh, as long as I can remember. It's been a long time since I turned the game off. I'm not one of those guys that just gives up on his team. But the way they were playing last night, I turned it off in the third quarter. Uh, you know, I, I said, I am not. I'm not going to put myself through any more of this car garbage. They do not want to be here. Uh, so why should I be there? You know, if they don't want to be there. So it, it was so annoying. I mean, to get a pass interference, get the ball at the one yard line and you can't punch it in from the one yard line. And, and, and they've been so good with red zone efficiency. I just, I'm, I'm still I'm with, flabbergasted with goal to go with goal to go situations. They were 22 for 22 on the season. Always got a touchdown. And then yeah. what do they do? First and goal at the one-yard line. They ran it once. Rojo got stood up. They threw two fades for some reason, one of them on fourth down. And then Gronk had the drop, which was awful. But the play calling there, man, like that, that that's the whole game. Is like, yeah, we can be mad about certain guys for not executing, but it really seems like the game plan on both sides of the ball was just set up for failure. The defense. Bruce Arians came out in his post-game press conference, and he said, well, defensive game plan this week was to get pressure with four defensive linemen and drop everybody else back in zone. Listen, Insane. you don't have to know that much about football to know that you can't play zone against Drew Brees. This defense just can't really play zone. They couldn't play zone last week against Daniel Jones. And when you swap Daniel Jones for Drew Brees, the final score is going to be 38-3 to if you go in there expecting to do what they did. And it was just, it was, ah, ah. I don't understand why you don't bring, why you don't bring the house, Red. And it, I tweeted this out last night, and the last time I tweeted out a tweet almost verbatim was when Mike Smith was a defensive coordinator and we were getting beat by the Saints. And I remember it clear as day. I don't understand why you don't just go balls out after after uh, Drew Brees. He is going to, 
destroy you. He is going to dissect your defense, and and it's exactly what he did. You just want to run a, a zone and, and rush four against that offensive line, then that's not. He's going to pick you apart, and that's what he did. He feasted on that horrible game plan. And I saw somebody ask Bruce Arians today why you didn't blitz more. I, I believe it was Scott Reynolds. And he said, we blitzed a few times. And I'm screaming at the TV. I go, F you, dudes. You got to blitz a lot against Drew Brees. You, you know what? If he beats you, if he beats you when you blitz, then he beats you. But hit him in the mouth. That's the only way you ever beat Drew Brees. It's the same way you beat Tom Brady. Hit him in the goddamn mouth. And that's what they did to us. And we didn't return the favor. And I'm so aggravated. And Taysom Hill beat this guy's ass. What are you doing? Letting this backup come in there and, oh, he's a Swiss Army knife. Screw him. Screw him. Beat his ass. I, I'm, I'm so mad. Your, your attitude on defense needs to be consistent. We can't be one week we're whooping everybody's ass, and the next week we're like, eh, let's just see what happens. Screw that. Go balls out. Go remember the Titans. Blitz every play and make them beat you. I'm so annoyed. I just I, I don't understand why you just sit back there and, and let them molest you the entire game. Blows my mind. Here's. Here's the thing with Drew Brees. We said this last week, and I don't know if you saw Twitter today, but we actually got clowned a little bit for it. But Drew Brees has a new alarm. He does. I don't know why people are denying it, but Drew Brees is not going to throw farther than, I don't know, 40 yards downfield. So, yeah, bringing the house and bringing a blitz to put a guy like Drew Brees on his back, it's, it's a high-risk, high-reward thing. But it's not like Drew Brees is going to make this 60-yard throw over everybody's head to the wide receiver all the way downfield. It's just not going to happen. You can bring pressure, make them uncomfortable. That's all that matters. And I will say, looking back at it, I had some conversations listening to some other podcasts today. And Drew Brees last night, while the Bucks were playing zone, I don't think it's what they do best by any means. Um but there were a lot of times where Drew Brees is back in the box and he's looking, looking. He had to get away from his first read receiver, you know, to give him a little more extra time in the pocket. And I'm sure that the Buccaneers were in a mindset where they're like, all right, you know, if we can get him to look through his first read, second read, third read, maybe we can get there with four. But I feel like we've seen enough at this point in the season to know that you just can't bring pressure with four. It's just not what this Bucks team does. They get their sacks. They make their money. Like Todd Bowles blitzing the hell out of people. That's just how it happens. And why 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 are we dropping oh, JPP back into zone coverages? Exactly. You know, <laughs> I saw at least five plays where JPP's dropping back in the zone. One time he almost had a pick, and that would have been really exciting. It would have worked. I but I, I, I just don't understand why you take your mother had the perfect. Uh, everybody in their mom had the perfect tweet for that drop pick, and I, it might have been a low blow, so I didn't go for it. But I think you know what I'm trying. I did. I totally did. I said he had all eight <laughs> fingers on it. I said it. Yes, I don't care. I was the first one. I got that tweet in quick. So everybody else copied me, and that's fine. I'm used to it by now. But, yeah, it just, to me, why are you taking your best rushers out of the rush? Like, let JPP eat. Let him get in there and, and cause some havoc. Uh, I just don't get it. I, I know I'm not an NFL coach, and I, I don't really have the – you know, the, I don't have the right really to question guys to get paid millions of dollars. But I think anybody watching the game knew that you have to hit this guy. He came in with a, short, a sore throwing shoulder. 
Hit him. Hit him, man. If you're a UFC yeah. fighter and you're and you're scouting an opponent and you know that he's got a bad knee, guess what you do? You kick him in that leg over and over again. I just don't understand why they didn't bring the house in the first quarter. If they were going to lose by 30-something points, do it balls out at 100 miles an hour with your hair on fire and put his little ass on the ground. That's, that's all I'm saying. Beat his ass. And it really, it really sucks, too, because I feel like we've kind of been saying it. I remember we said it after the Chicago game. Haven't said it very much since then, but said it a little bit after New York. The in-game adjustment. They're just, they're too little too late. Like, mm-hmm. this team refuses to make adjustments on defense in particular until after they're down by a couple of scores. And it's kind of baffling to me because we know what works and we know what doesn't. Yeah, it's a, it's a week-to-week league, so you're going to have a feeling out process every week, but you don't have to be down 21-0 to in the first quarter to be like, all right, boys, we got to step it up. Like, it seems like it takes this team a little while to just, I don't know, get their bearings and figure out what's not going to work. Like, against Daniel Jones, what did we see them do? You saw the cornerbacks play 10, 15 yards off the receiver, and they were tearing us up underneath. I don't know why we expected a different game plan when the Saints were going to roll into town. Everybody knew that it was going to be a similar offense. They're going to get the bucks on those short passes, they're going to dump it off to the running back. They're going to throw a slant. They're going to have somebody run a flat. Like, it's just, it, it's, that's how their offense works, with Drew Brees being the way that he is. Everybody knew it. I feel like the Bucks knew it. And I'm not sure where they were going with the game plan that they instilled, but it, it just, it didn't work. Um, and, and I think that's an understatement, but it, 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 it didn't work, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, I hope that they bounce back from this and they have to because if they don't, if they if they put up a stinker uh this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, um you're going to you're going to talk about uh not only the fan base reeling, um but the players, a lot of them are going to start questioning. There's going to be a lot of uh turbulence uh you know, in, in turmoil within the locker room. Um, I know I'm seeing a lot of people already today saying that uh, Antonio Brown has already ruined the chemistry of the team. I saw somebody tweet out that he was he was voodoo. Um, I mean, I I mean, you can't really I, I can't completely discount that theory because he did have five targets last night. I mean, what was the preparation all week long with him at Tom Brady's house a distraction from the normal game plan, maybe? And maybe that's what threw Tom off just a little bit. I don't know. I can't say it did. I can't say it didn't, you know. So, I mean, there might be a little credence into that theory. I don't know. But I know one thing. We look like dog doo-doo. So whatever is, uh, you know, responsible for it, and it's probably more than one thing, uh, you can't say that uh, it's it's completely out the window, you know, that maybe game planning, you know, to get Antonio Brown in there may have taken away from uh, from what we normally do, and that's normally put up points. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I really hope that – I think they get it back together. You know, we're 6-3 and three for a reason, and we beat the Packers for a reason. I really feel like that this is a team that, you know, I I think they're still going to make the playoffs. And I feel like that this is still a contender football team. It really sucks that now they're a game behind in the division, but you got to finish strong. And, you know, it's just one of those things where 
is they go out against Carolina and they absolutely crap the bed. Hell, I hate to say that even if they lose to Carolina, then you really have to start to worry. But I hope that at the end of the season, this is the game, referring to the Sunday night game against New Orleans. I hope this is the game that you can just kind of like, you know, wipe off the schedule. Like the the outlier is the word that I've heard for it. I, I really hope that this is the game that you don't remember this season by. Because up until then, I mean, everything was, you know, pretty damn good. Six and two is hard to complain about. And six and three is hard to complain about because we haven't been here in years. But it's really just about how this team responds to it and, and what they can do from here. Every other time they yeah. lost, they bounce back and they win a couple. So. We'll see what happens. I almost want to feel bad for Carolina, but I'm also just as anxious that, like, maybe we are just uh, just some frauds. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I'm just saying, if we end up collapsing and not making the playoffs with this team, then you're going to see Tom Brady gone. You're going to see Bruce Arians gone. You're going to see the team in a complete rebuild. And this... Super Bowl caliber roster that we haven't seen any NFL ever probably is just going to be for nothing and it's just going to be 2020 in a nutshell and it's going to be one of the saddest things that's ever happened in sports and of course and it'll be with Tampa Bay's uh you know area code all over it and I don't like it I don't like it at all I just I think you know I'm not giving up on them but I'm 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 scared you know that we looked the way we did last night it is a side effect of selling out the way that the Bucks have. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, you kind of put the future on hold a little bit to see if you can get it going right now. A lot of people, including myself, really didn't think that this year was going to be the Super Bowl year until they signed Antonio Brown. Because a move like that makes me believe that this Bucks team thinks they can get it done. And obviously, that's the move going into every single season. But when you sell out the way that they have, yeah. You do have a limited window to get it done between Brady and Arians, the age there, all of these one-year guys, you know, people who you don't know are going to be back next year. Look at it this way. If Antonio Brown plays one hell of the second half of the season and he winds up being, you know, in talks to come back to Tampa Bay next year, Chris Godwin's a free agent. Kind of curious how that's going to shake out. There's a lot of talent that could be moving around depending on what this season looks like. If they miss the playoffs, yeah, they're going to blow it up. Brady won't be here. I don't think Arians is here. That's a done deal. But if they make the playoffs, they'll make the Super Bowl go on a pretty deep run. But I think this is, you know, a team that you can hang on to your important pieces. They'll make sure Chris Godwin gets re-signed. I'm pretty sure of that. But you hang on to your important pieces, and maybe they try again next year. And I'm not saying maybe next year, but it's just – that's a consequence of, you know, the situation the Bucks put themselves in is what I'm trying to say. It is it is an all or nothing year for sure. So six and three isn't the end of the world, but with the expectations no. that they have set for themselves, it is definitely, you know, to lose in the fashion they did, it is it is very concerning. It is hard to ignore. It's not what you know, and I saw Ian Beckles uh that was uh, pretty much uh, he does a you know a, a Bucks podcast also. And I and I saw oh, yeah, the man, caption. Yeah, the caption actually said, championship teams don't do this. And I agree. That's exactly it. Like, yeah. you don't see that. Like, you don't see the what the Patriots, when Brady was with the Patriots, getting beat by any team 
38 to 3. It just doesn't happen. So they have to find a way to get back that championship. Uh, that culture that they were building needs to, to get back on track. And, uh, and it needs to start this Sunday. Uh, we're talking to Rhett Matthew, by the way, from the Cannon Fire podcast with our weekly Bucks break. Now let's move into Sunday. Let's talk about how the Bucks uh, rebound from this. How will they react? Um, let's give our predictions of the game and our team MVP, which could be anybody after last night. There really was nobody. Ryan Suckup was the only person that scored. So um, uh, thank God for Suckup. Uh, no shutout. Um, let's go to Will first. Will, what do you think happens this Sunday, 1 o'clock against Carolina Panthers? Will's dead, everybody. Riveting stuff. Oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, oh, I, hey, I was man. talking well, and my, my <laughs> mic was muted. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, I was job, just saying, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm concerned Like that this could be one of those games where it just blows the season up. Like It was so bad of a beatdown that I hope that they can – and, you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and it's got, I got a lot of veterans, a lot of good players on that team. Hopefully they'll be able to shake it off and move on to next week. But, oh, boy, I, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm very concerned. I think the Bucks have to come back and win next week to stay relevant. If for some reason they drop that game, I, I hate to say it, but I think the season might be over. I'm going to say the Bucks do come back, and they do so in a big way. I think the final score is going to be 28-17. to 17. Okay, there you go. Who's the MVP? Uh, I'm gonna say the MVP is gonna be Tom Brady. He's gonna he's gonna Ooh. make up for yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb, <laughs> if you will. Oh man, he's gonna there make up go. for last week. What do you think, Red? Uh, I, I agree with Will. Um, you know, this is a new Bucks team. It doesn't seem like that this is a team who who gets in their head about a loss like this. And Tom Brady is definitely not a guy who gets in his head about a loss like this. If it happens in the Super Bowl, maybe. But they have already moved on. Uh, aside from watching film, breaking down the X's and O's, they are past this game. And they're just they're going to get their S together by the time Sunday rolls around. So I think Carolina is in for a rude awakening because, you know, they've been playing some all right football. They've been, um, they've been putting some stuff together, and that's pretty cool to see out of, a, I guess, an experimental team like they have. Um, first year head coach, all that good stuff. But I, I really think they turn it around this week. I think you have to kind of like Will said, because not only do you have Carolina, another division game, which is huge. If you're still expecting to win the division at this point, which they still can. Um, but after Carolina, you've got the Rams, you've got Kansas city. This is a tough stretch of games. It starts with Carolina and it, it the turnaround has to start with Carolina. So I'm taking the Bucks in this one. I think they put up 31, and uh, I've got Mike Evans as my MVP. I, I, they really want to target him. Everybody knows it, and I, I don't know, man. I just, I think he has a breakout game. I really do. It's been a long time coming for Big Mike. His day is coming, and I think it is this Sunday. But 31 to 24 is my final score for this one. Bucks only win by a touchdown, but it's still a good game. Okie dokie. Uh, man, oh man. My uh, my broken heart wants to give a really bad prediction, but my brain uh, is going to uh, override my broken heart, and I'm going to go with the sensible intelligence when it comes to 
uh, how the Bucks should rebound. Uh, Vegas says the Bucks are 66% chance to win this game. I'm going to go with those numbers, even though it should be way higher than that. But after last night, yeah. So I'm going to say the Bucks do blitz the hell out of uh, Bridgewater. Um, it looks like McCaffrey is not going to play probably. He re-injured himself yesterday uh, in a game where he had 20-something touches. Uh, I think he hurt his shoulder, so he's not looking likely to play. If he does, the Bucks still kind of have his number. So I think the Bucks come out pissed. I think they take it out on Carolina, and if they don't, um, I don't know. I may be Baker acted. So I think I think the Bucks win this game. Uh, but they, but they, they carry the two and uh, uh, thirty-seven to twenty. The Bucks win this game, and your MVP of this game will be Ronald Jones, who they will Ooh. try to reestablish the run game since last night. I believe they had a total of five rushes in the entire game, if I'm not mistaken, which is embarrassing. Five rushes. Five rushes, Ugh. and it was only five because the kneel down counted as one. So Ugh. they were uh, historically bad when it came to establishing Oof. a run game. And look, mm. when you're down 21 to zero in the first quarter, I, I get it. You don't want to run the ball, but like I would have been cool with like 10 carries, you know, mm. add that number just a little bit. Yeah, I think they should have ran the ball the entire second half just to run the clock is what they should have done. Um, Rhett Matthew, yeah, tell everybody, tell everybody how they could find you and the Cannon Fire podcast online. Yes, sir. So you guys can find me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And if you want to check out the podcast, Cannon Fire podcast, you can watch it with video over on YouTube. And then it's available on any uh, major podcast outlets. Anywhere you download a podcast, you find it. You search Cannon Fire podcast. And, of course, if you miss this segment, you can always listen to the Bucks break. Those are dropping every single week on our podcast feed as well. So, uh Dig it. There you go. Uh, for all the uh, podcast listeners, if you want to follow myself on Twitter at Johnny B Comedy, uh, Instagram, uh, Johnny B Tampa, and the Johnny B Show. And Will is at home underscore made underscore man on Twitter. He's not allowed on Instagram because he is a rebel rouser that, uh, that upsets some people, probably with PETA, why he yells at people's pets on the street. Uh, thanks a lot, Rhett. We will talk to you next week, hopefully in a way better mood than uh, tonight. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, all that garbage. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you, guys. Looking forward to it. Go Bucks. Later. See you, bud. Yeah, yeah. go Bucks. Go, go back and practice, Bucks. That's what you need to do. All right. Um, it's gonna, I'm going to be this way all week. I'm sorry. Dude, it, uh, was, it was a rough one. It really was. And remember, too, that Carolina played Kansas City on Sunday and almost beat Kansas City. Like they, uh, so they're coming out. I think yeah. being confident this week, I, they, the Bucks better win on, yeah. on Sunday. Well, let's do let's do some happy talk. All right. Um, and I knew I'd be upset, so I purposely put something in the prep page here that would lift our spirits. And with me actually getting about 10% of my smell and taste back today, I'm excited again about Thanksgiving. Will so we have a list here of the number one sides Thanksgiving sides. 
per state. Yeah, you thought everybody ate the same crap everywhere in the country? Hell no! Uh, I'll tell you what the favorite side is here in Florida, and we'll talk about some other states. And why don't you call in and tell us what your favorite Thanksgiving side is, and maybe, maybe I'll give you some advice if you suck at cooking. We'll do that when we come back. It's the Johnny B Show. It's the Johnny B Show on 102.5 The Bone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.